What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we have got on April Hutchinson. She is a Canadian competitive powerlifter. So welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you, Zuby. Nice to be here. No doubt. I've done a real brief intro there, April. But for people who don't know you, please tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay, so like you said, uh, my name is April. I'm a uh, Team Canada powerlifter with the Canadian Powerlifting Union. Um, I've been a powerlifter since about 2019. Um, I actually started training in 2019 and actually was during COVID of all times. And in 2000, just last year, actually, I competed at the the Worlds for uh, powerlifting. So it's been a, it's been a great journey. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the about the journey before we get into various topics. Tell me a little bit more about how you, where did you grow up, in fact? So I grew up, I was born in, in Toronto. And okay. um, my father was, well, he's now retired, a police officer. So I actually ended up, you know, traveling all throughout Ontario because of his job, kind of like a military brat, I guess you could say. Um, and I mean, it was a great life. I was always into sports. Uh, my father got me into sports at a very young age. I remember taking power skating when I was five years old. Um, I played throughout public school, track and field. I did basketball. Um, always, always kind of at the top of my game, either getting gold medals or, you know, this is how I am. I always wanted to do my best, I guess, not an overachiever, but um when I got into a sport, I always excelled at it and was very obsessive over it. So I always did very well. Um, but yeah, I had a great childhood and, um, you know, I've had some trauma. I think a lot of people have been through some type of trauma growing up. So, uh, I feel like the trauma that I went through kind of made me go down a different road in life. Instead of going one way, I went the other way. So, um, and I'll, I'll say that I was sexually abused as a, as a child when I was five or six years old. So unfortunately, I do believe um, it kind of molded my life going forward. So, um, so, you know, I was always, like I said, good in sports, but I mean, it kind of made me a very, um, I guess, covered and sheltered person. Um, I would wear like baggy clothes. Um, I was very uncomfortable in my own skin. So at a very young age, about 10 or 12 years old, I started drinking alcohol. Um, and and funny enough, drinking alcohol, I still was able to become a, a very good athlete. Um, but it's just the fact that I, I started drinking at such a young age. Um, you know, most 10, 12-year-olds aren't out there getting drunk, right, where I was. And um, 
and it just kind of molded my life uh, forward. I, I basically probably by the age of 18 was a full blown alcoholic and uh, needed to go to rehab. I can remember coming home from high school, doing my homework and polishing off two bottles of wine before my parents came home from work. So, um, and everything I did in my life at that point, even sports, I can remember going to practices and going rollerblading drunk, you know, it was, it was crazy. So it, it very much became part of my life, almost like a medication, right? Like I almost needed it on a daily basis. So um, at a young age, I did go to to rehab when I was 20, but it just wasn't the right time for me. Um, you know, what 20-year-old's like, oh, I want to go to rehab and quit drinking, <laughs> you know? So uh, so I, I did go to rehab later on, actually only four years ago, and that's when I got sober. So, I mean, and that's how I found powerlifting. So I kind of fast-forwarded mm. a fair bit there, but, I mean, that's how I found powerlifting was a way to help keep me sober, so... I mean, it's been it's been uh, quite a savior in my life, actually. That's really interesting. Thanks for thanks for sharing that, because I'm always curious to know, especially when I have these type of conversations, what it is that drives people to do what they do. Um, I find oftentimes in conversations or interviews, things sort of start towards the end. And you if you have conversations that way, you don't really understand what it is that drives and motivates people in the way that they're driven and motivated. And there's usually some type of backstory or impetus that leads people towards things. I mean, with powerlifting, for example, it's not exactly, I mean, it's, it's a pretty niche sport um, for men, let alone for women, right? There aren't that yeah. many uh, people who get into something like that. It's not a mainstream sport in the way that, I don't know, basketball or basketball or football or uh you know, those type of things are. So what was your journey into powerlifting like? Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I mean, so I actually started powerlifting. So I went into rehab September of 2019. So the day I came out was the day I actually started powerlifting. So mm. I was like, hey, I want to do something to keep me active, um, something as an outlet to, you know, let out my anger, my frustration. I didn't have the bottle, so I needed something. Uh, so I literally started uh, powerlifting with my coach. At that time, he was actually working at a big box kind of gym, but then COVID hit and he got let go. So he's like, well, we have to do something. So he actually created his own gym in his garage. So, so like, you just got to love that, like old school garage workouts, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, and that's, I literally, I, I powerlifted every day because I had nothing else to do, right? So I would powerlift five times a day in his garage five times a- wait five five times a day oh sorry five times a week yeah sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I was- <laughs> there are people that actually do that to be honest but um <laughs> i, I was wish. like wow no. <laughs> okay sometimes i would actually do twice a day yeah. and then sometimes my sessions were actually really long like i'd just be like hey there for a couple hours but um but it's funny though because that was during covid so there was no competitions. So I literally was just powerlifting, hoping like there were some competitions and then they're like, nope, canceled, COVID, still going on. So I literally just kind of build and build and build. And then in a matter of, I think six months, my coach was like, you know, you qualify for regionals. I'm like, really? I was like, well, maybe I'll go go to regionals when they happen. 
So I actually, um, my first competition ever was at the regionals, which was in 2021. And mm. I got um, gold medal. And that qualified me for nationals. Went to nationals, got gold medal. And then I went to North Americans um, and then the world. So it was crazy. Like <clears throat> just it happened really fast. And normally athletes don't do that. You only do maybe two competitions a year. You don't do five or four major ones. So it was, it was fun. I mean, I love it. It's now it's kind of slower and I'm also giving my body a little bit of a break. <laughs> so I hear that. What was it that made you choose powerlifting? How did you get into that? Did you, did you have an interest in it prior or were you already doing a lot of strength training? It's how did you end up picking powerlifting? So funny enough, um, I actually did dabbled in powerlifting more like Olympic lifting when I, I used to do MMA. So I actually was uh, doing MMA with all the UFC guys. Like you got um, Sam Stout, Chris Clements uh, was my coach. So um, they said, we want you to do some type of explosive uh, weight training to help with your, obviously your strength, but your explosiveness while you're in the, the cage, right? So I started um, working with a coach, a powerlifting coach, and we do Olympic lifting. And it just basically, I would do that a couple times a week while I was doing my MMA. Um, and even my coach at that time was like, you're really good at this. But I honestly think I'm just, like I said before, it's always good at every sport. I think genetics, you know, obviously plays a huge part in it. So my body just adapted to it. I do have, I'm very um, prone to do more fast twitch fiber sports. Mm-hmm. So um. Yeah, so I just excelled at it and I really enjoyed it. And to be honest, I love to be strong. I love how this whole, um, you know, before it was like really in style to be skinny, right? But look at it, it's turned around. It's awesome. Like it's good to be thick and strong and to see women with muscles and curves and like it's, I love it. <laughs> it's just, it's so great. And you know, I want to be strong. I want, like, I'm 47 years old. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be 60 and be like, oh, I need a knee replacement, hip replacement. It's good for bone density. There's so many wins. Like, there's no negatives to it. So, I mean, and I, I encourage other people to do it. Like, I go around to high schools in my city and encourage kids in grade 11 to start powerlifting or doing some type of exercise. Because trust me, as a 47 year old, you're not young forever you're going to want to build muscle, right? So. Yeah, it's important. It's important at every age. And you could argue that the older, the older people get, the less they think they need it, but the more that they do actually need it. Exactly. I just saw um, an 80 year old man. I think he just turned 80 deadlifting, like some crazy number yesterday. And I, I, I think I shared it on my Instagram. Like I love seeing that stuff. So. That's awesome. So you've been very outspoken recently because your country, not just your country, but many countries specifically in the Anglosphere, but one could argue across the Western world, are um, losing their minds in multiple ways. But as it pertains to your sport and what you do, um, the fundamental question of what is a, you you said that you're a woman earlier. So uh, there's been some controversy recently, April about exactly what that means. Um, So let's go into that. Um, What is going on in Canada and in the world of sports and powerlifting when it comes to this issue? So um, 
It's, yeah, like you said, it's it's everywhere. It's, it's global right now, um, specifically in my I'm sport. in Dubai right now. It's not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I said to my friend, I'm going to move to Europe or other places. <laughs> Apparently, it's... Oh, no, don't, no, not Europe. Europe's not, Europe's not safe either. Europe's okay. not safe either. Yeah. Well, I was like, no. Middle East or Africa. <laughs> there you go. I know. Yeah. So, it's just... So, five years ago, I mean, I think more... So, with... with um, trans identifying athletes have been coming out, right? Um, we see it all over the news. We have seen the World Athletics now banning um, transgender athletes, um, which is great in all track and field events. I think every day I see a new ban coming out, which is great. It's positive, um, not allow- allowing uh, trans identifying um, athletes compete. So, but specifically in my sport here in Canada, um, I guess what stemmed to this whole thing was that um, I used to chat with a what I thought at the time was a female about powerlifting. We would chat online for about you know a couple times a day, and and this person would ask me my insights on powerlifting. We actually had like a virtual online friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward a year, uh, the individual disclosed to me that they were uh, born male, biological male. And I was like, what? Like, I said, I didn't know that. And they're like, oh, no, I told you that. I was like, no, you, you didn't. I said, I don't agree with you with you powerlifting. I said, you should not be competing against uh, biological females. Mm. So, you know, that was the end of that conversation. They blocked and deleted me. They didn't like my reply. And, you know, fast forward another year, I saw the same individual was going to nationals. And I was like, well, how? Like, we do have a transgender policy within my federation, but it's so weak. It, it might as well not even exist. It's basically um, anyone could walk into a competition meet with some type of form of ID, you know, a driver's license, um, anything else, stating what sex you are, um, and then you can lift. So basically you, what you've done, <laughs> you. <laughs> I, was, I was ahead of the curve on this one. <laughs> Oh yeah, so awesome. So yeah, so but that's the thing. I am so surprised that more people haven't done this. So my coach and my boyfriend were like, Oh, I'm gonna identify tomorrow and just go in, takes one day to change, like say your driver's license or your document, and be like, That's it. I'm gonna compete. But someone actually did it. And I was like, Wow, like I'm like, there you go. So, but back to my whole story about talking to this trans identifying person. Mm-hmm. Um they went to nationals and they got bronze medal. This person also has all the Alberta records, like bench, deadlift, squat, overall total, um, and is happy about it. The person actually states to having an advantage over females and is oh, wow. okay with doing it. So, and mocked other lifters. Like there was a viral video. I don't know if you saw it that went out like a, a year ago about. Um, the individual talking about women's bench, how we're so weak in bench press. I like, wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So it's, and I, you know, I don't want to disrespect this person. I, I've always been um, respectful too. That's why I'm mm. kind of using my words uh, wisely when I do address yeah. the person. But I mean, that was disrespectful. And I mean, Unfortunately, it has started a war. Well, there has always been a war on gender, right? I mean, 
um, unfortunately, it's divided people in my in my union now. You know, yes. people are fighting. I mean, we are the majority. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, no, I'm glad to say it. We are the majority because we believe in common sense and we believe in science. We believe in truth and facts, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, I don't know if you know Dr. Linda Blade. She's been a blessing to me. I've met her. She's the head of um, a women's group um, to save women's sports called the ICFS. I've also worked with NCAA um, champion Marcy Smith. She took me under her wing as well, and she she formed Icon Women's Group that also helps um, fight for fairness in women's sports. So, I mean, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind, but I mean, it's since nationals, we've been really kind of blasting the information out there. And, you know, the other side are not liking it, obviously. Right. But I mean, it's it's we have to bring attention to it because, you know, female sports will no longer exist in like maybe even 10 years if yep. biological males keep dominating. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I called that back in 2016. Oh, um. It's, it's very strange. I've had, I don't even know where to go on this one. It's so weird because I mean that me, you know, identifying as a woman and breaking the British women's deadlift record. I mean, that was over four years ago now. And it's like the goofiness is just accelerating and expanding. Right. I mean, it's funny because at the time I did that back in early 2019, that issue was on it was on some people's radar but it wasn't it wasn't as prominent as it is now and there certainly were very were were fewer people taking any any stand on it and sort of saying like you know this is this is not fair this is silly whatever and those who were it was coming from a purely logical and rational and scientific perspective which is where the argument should sit but the truth is you are we are we're not dealing with you know when you talk about you know the other side of this argument you're not talking about people who are rooted in facts and science and mm-hmm. biology and common sense and so i think that if someone has reached a conclusion or reached a position without logic and rationale you can't really use logic and rationale to get them out of it so my position was okay wait what's a woman anyone who identifies as a woman okay got it cool okay boom <laughs> here we go Boom, I've got the record. There we go. Yeah. So either either you have to accept me as a woman and accept that I have the record or you can say, "Hmm, okay, maybe that's not maybe that's not fair. Maybe there's maybe there's a problem here, right?" I mean, and it was even funnier because of course I'm not I'm not even a competitive athlete. I mean, I'm a I'm a strong deadlifter. But, you know, in the video that went viral, right? I just walk up and it's, you know, I could have lifted that weight seven or eight times. Um and it's just so weird how how many people have been captured by this ideology. But then on top of that, how many people are just cowards? Honestly, that's what it is. People who are just they know it's they know it's not right. They know it's not fair. They know what the reality is. They don't have any logical argument, which is why they just rely on calling everybody who opposes them a, a transphobe or some type of bigot because mm-hmm. they, they, there's no coherent argument. This is. It, it, it's not really a debate because there's no coherent argument on the other side of it that's rooted in reality. And so it's very odd to have this type of situation. Normally when people are debating or there's different positions, you know, there's there's some real logic or rationality to either side, right? 
But in this case, I've never, to this day, I, in, in five, six, seven years, five, six, seven years that this has even been on my radar at all, I have never heard a sound, logical argument on the other side of why a male should be able to compete with females in competitive sports, or let alone how it's fair, right? We're not talking about five-year-old children. We're talking about fully grown adults, mm -hmm. right? The arguments against it are very obvious and clear and in fact have been known since before people even knew what science was. <laughs> it's never it's never been a debate, but it's like all of a sudden in 2015, people's brains fell out of their skulls. And here we are now, eight years later, still having to deal with the silliness. And it's amazing as well to me because, you know, in these countries, in the UK, in Canada, in US, whatever, they like to take pride on, you know, being, you know, feminist countries and equality and we care about women and, you know, women's rights and this and this and this. And then they're just completely undermining, completely undermining all of this with this whole silly ideology as it applies to normal life, as it applies to sports, as it applies to uh, female changing rooms and bathrooms and private spaces, as it pertains to uh, even prisons and so on, where you're now sending male criminals into female prisons. And I'm like, man, people want to talk about misogyny. I'm like this, this right here is actual misogyny. Because you know what, none of this stuff has downstream severe impacts on men. None of it does, right? There's no, no male powerlifters are not worried that a woman is going to identify as a man and go into their league and break their records. Male athletes are not worried about losing their scholarships to females. It's not going to happen. It's a it's a completely one way. It's a completely one way thing, which in which in itself undoes tells you that, okay, this isn't you know, <laughs> that in itself yeah. is very telling, but I just find it very bizarre how, how many people have been, have been captured with this thing from politicians to, to athletes, to public figures, to just general people. And I, I've never really seen something like this in my life. It's, it's, it's very peculiar and it's not global, right? And most of the world thinks all of this is goofy and it makes no sense if you even try to explain yeah. it to them. Um, but our countries have been, uh, have been captured by this and it's only, ha and it's all happened in under a decade. Yeah. I'd like to say a few points about that is, um, trust me, my boyfriend and I, every day, we're just like, we, I, we can't believe we're having this. I said that on Tucker. I'm like, I can't believe we're having this discussion. And as soon as the point is, as soon as I have a conversation and I am open to have a conversation with anyone on the other side. But again, like you said, they will call you transphobic. They will call mm -hmm. you a bigot. And I'm like, well, no, why are you calling me that? I, I believe in inclusiveness. I believe in that. I think if anyone wants to identify as whatever, that's great. But men should not be competing against women. And yes, I do believe that men should not be in women's change rooms. Um, as a sexual assault survivor, do I want to be in a, in a change room with a man? No. Do I want my niece in there with a man? No. So, I mean... That's a whole another topic, but I mean, yeah. I guess it kind of gets blended into sports because there's change rooms when you go to sports, right? So, mm -hmm. but the thing is, um, when I first started this little crusade, I I got scared. I was like, oh my God, they're calling me transphobic or a bigot. And then, but that's what they want, right? They want to shut you down or they'll delete yes. you, block you, try to cancel you. At the end of the day, 
who's going to cancel me? Do you know I actually pay money to be a, a Canadian powerlifting uh, member? I pay for my uniform. I pay for my travel. I pay to compete. So how are you going to cancel me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And and for speaking up for women's rights, I think what's ha- what's been lost in all of this is the women's rights. Mm-hmm. And I said that in my one article that trans rights do not trump women's rights. You know, if we want to be equal, let's be equal. Because I seem like the women's rights have been put on the back burner. And as far as um, you talk about, like, the amount of support or, you know, people, I guess, that aren't looking at science and truth and that actually support men competing against women, you have to keep in mind, too, right? There's those people, say, if they grew up as a loner, Right. They just want to be included. I have actually a friend. She jumps on every bandwagon that comes around. Oh, I'm so passionate about this. I'm passionate about that. I was like, really? I didn't know you were so passionate. But it's because she's an only child. She's kind of a loner. And she just wants to be included into something, right? And so you have that side of the, the part, that part of it, right? And then you have, you know, a lot of members, say, of the LGBTQ community are in support, Right. Again, because their main goal is inclusiveness. They're not looking mm-hmm. at the sport. They're not looking at sex and bodies and biology because sports are bodies against bodies. You know, it's chromosomes. You know, I'm not, we're not saying we don't want anyone to be a part of it. We're just asking for like a separate class or an open category. So we're not trying yeah. to take that away from anyone. Which has always existed, by the way. Yeah, exactly. That that's yeah, the yeah, thing, that's right? The thing. It's cuz the the argument is not are people who identify as trans whatever that means to somebody um are these are p- these people allowed to play sports? That's not the question. Anyone can mm-hmm. anyone can play sports, right? The rule is not about, you know, if there's an under 18 boys rugby league or powerlifting competition and I want to enter and they won't let me enter because I'm 36 years old, that's not them being ageist or being bigoted or me or them saying I'm not allowed to participate in sport or I'm not even allowed to compete. It's just saying, no, you can't compete against under 18s because you're a grown man. Right. And it's like, Hey, you're, you're, you're a grown man. You're a male. You can't compete against women. That's it. You can go compete against other men. You can compete against other people who identify as whatever you can have an open category. Totally fine. But you just can't compete against females because this is a female competition. Um, no one, even this is this is why it's amazing. Again, if you go back one decade, just to 2013, even the most progressive liberal quote unquote person would have thought it's nuts to allow <laughs> to allow a male to compete in female sports. Even the even the most far like lefty, super progressive, super inclusive diversity person, they'd be like, no. That's not fair. And then with no actual argument and no logic and no, and no genuine biological changes of the human species, these people have now just adopted this opposite position. And something I have noticed, which is even more bizarre stroke insidious, is it seems to be more women who are in favor of this undermining and erasure of women. And I think, you know, from what I know about personalities, I think it's because women in general are more agreeable. Um, So there's more men like me. I mean, even during this conversation, I can tell that you're being more careful with your words than I am, right? Like I'll just say, 
I, I don't dance around it. I'll just say what it is. I won't be mean to anyone. I won't be cruel. I won't use any insulting terms, but I will call a man a man. I will call a woman a woman. That's what it is. Um, and so it's like the, I, I feel like some of the, these activists and ideologues, they've almost weaponized women, but other people's compassion kind of against them, if you see what I mean, right? So they're kind of taking advantage of the fact that, you know, most most people don't, like you said, people don't want to be called a transphobe. People don't want to be called a bigot. People don't want to be called, you know, have these labels cast on them. People don't want to come across as mean or cruel or whatever it is. And they sort of take advantage of that and they use that to push their ideology. Every Anytime you step out of line, right? What's, they, they don't have an argument. They just call you a name. They just label you, well, you're transphobic, you're a bigot, you're transphobic, you're transphobic. Um, and it's so disingenuous and dishonest, but it's actually very effective. And they've been able to claim so much ground because if someone calls me that, I don't care. I've been called that, I don't know how many hundreds of times, thousands of times, I don't care, right? Okay, but most people, they're not, they're not like me. They're not, they're not in the trenches doing podcasts and doing this and doing that, right? Like they're, they're not used to it. They haven't developed that thick skin um, or let alone people who are in colleges or they're in schools or they're in these corporate environments and so on. And it's has this incredible chilling effect where that even though people know what the truth is and people know the reality and people actually know if you talk to people privately, people know, look, this is goofy. It doesn't make sense. It's absolutely not fair. But how many of those people would publicly be willing to say, I mean, how many even how many female athletes in all these different sports, how many female athletes have taken a stand and said, hey, this is not this is not fair. This is not cool. I mean, it's a very small handful. And even they, uh, you know, they get called all the names and they get and it, it's 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 very bizarre to me. I, it's I don't I don't know if it's like the sort of modern version of like witch hunts or something, but it, it, it's this strange psychological phenomenon that's at play. Yeah. And I, you know, I guess I am being a little careful with my words, <laughs> but I, I have been. I don't know if you see my Twitter. I've been pretty straight up. I actually have a T-shirt that says "Keep Men Out of Women's Sports." Yeah. Um, I do refer to like the individual in my category as a biological male, mm -hmm. and people call me transphobic because I'm not using pronouns, right? And I'm like, well, Jordan Jordan Peterson, who I'm a big fan of, of course, um, he did state that you know, if you had an uncle with uh, schizophrenia. Would you tell your uncle, oh, yeah, I see green men, too. I see um, whatever disillusions. Or would you get your uncle help and say, mm -hmm. hey, like, maybe we should go get you checked out? Like, the thing is, I, I feel like I'm kind of feeding into that if I start using, because, again, I follow truth and science. So, yeah. I mean, a man is a man. A woman is a woman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. me, and that's my belief. And. I need for anyone to knock that and call me a name or a bigot because that's my belief. Well, like, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, it's not just your belief. It's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, it's exactly. the truth. It's not it's not just your belief. I mean, we there are infinite subjects that we all have opinions on. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of gray in the world. There are a lot of things where, OK, there's that perspective. There's that. There's that. It's hard to get to something more simple. Besides maybe one plus one equals two, it's hard to come across something as simple and binary as sex in the animal kingdom and the human species, right? I mean, our entire, all of human history, every single person who exists, there's 8 billion people in the world. 
every single person who exists was birthed from a woman. All of us, right? Like there's no, there's, there's no exception. There's never been a male who's given birth. It's, it's not, it's not a thing. Our species hasn't fundamentally magically changed in the last 10 years. Just, just in the, just in the West, by the way, you know, the rest of the, it, 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 it doesn't make, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's very bizarre. Like there's so much range in, in humanity, right? There's infinite personality types. There's infinite uh, interests and proclivities and ways of life and like there's eight billion there's eight billion of all of that like no two human beings are exactly the same however we are a sexually dimorphic species there's 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 male and there's female and and if it weren't the case actually we wouldn't we wouldn't exist we wouldn't function we wouldn't reproduce it's like the most basic thing so when someone is coming in and saying no that's not that that's actually not right anymore i mean you'd better have an incredible argument i'm like okay You've discovered a whole new explain, right? And they can't. They don't. They don't even. They don't even try to. They just rely on the power of this label. Transphobic, transphobic is not. It's not even a real word, right? No, yeah. somebody said that. It's not a word. They've, they've just made this word. And anyone who questions it, anyone who states the truth, anyone who whatever, we're gonna just call them this to shut them up. And for people who, you know, because I, I know a lot of people who give them, maybe they haven't dealt with these individuals as much as I have. So they still have this notion that, you know, it's all coming from, you know, comp- compassion and niceness. And co- I'm like, it's not coming from any type of compassion. And if you really see how, how they treat um, individuals, especially women, especially women who speak out on this issue. I mean, I'm sure you've been, I'm sure you've been called some nasty stuff. I know people, women who have been assaulted physically, who have been attacked. Whatever. And I'm just like... <sighs> How is this? And people, and seeing, then seeing people cheering it on, and I'm like, okay, so it's now okay to call women nasty things and violently threaten them and, and even assault them for, I mean, for for anything, but for, for for literally saying that they want their own spaces and they want the term woman to only apply to to women and they want girls not to have to compete against boys and they want their own changing rooms i all the things that have all all the things that have been there our entire lives these things have been there no one questioned it no one in the 90s in the 2000s yeah. in the early 2010s no no one was making a case that oh, okay we need to we need to change this in the name of diversity or equity or inclusion or whatever it was just no like cool you're a man you do the man stuff, you're a woman, you, you know, you, you, you do women's stuff. Like women, women need their own spaces. Women need their own. And now it's just, I don't know. I, 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 I can't have this conversation without it. Just, it, it's so illogical. It's so, it's so irrational. It's so obviously wrong. It's so obviously wrong to me to put a male sex offender in a female prison. I shouldn't have to, ex- I shouldn't have to explain like, this is not, it's not even a political, it's not even political. It's not right. It's not right wing. It's not left. It's like, you shouldn't need to explain why that's ridiculous. You shouldn't have to explain why a grown man, my, like me should just be able to say I'm a woman and walk into a women's sports and start beating females in their own things. Like it's clearly unfair. It's, it's not slightly unfair. It's severely unfair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. No, I still, I still remember back, um, now this is going back, say maybe even eight years ago, when they were talking about sharing bathrooms and, and spaces, 
and I went to New York City um, and I went to use the washroom. I obviously wasn't paying attention to the door because it did have a male and a female symbol on it. So I went in, went to the washroom. This is at a nightclub, mind you, um, at night. And I came out and I'm about to wash my hands. And there's a man in there washing his hands with me. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I go into the wrong bathroom? He's like, oh, no, it's a universal. But when I, when I, when I was in there, I, like, I mean, my back went up. You know, again, mm-hmm. I got very anxious, right? Because, again, yeah. like I said, you start mixing alcohol too, right? And night, nightclubs, and again, with my with my past with sexual trauma, it's just it's horrible, you know. And I mean, the the sad part of all of this, though, Zuby, is that they're, they're not asking the women what we want. Like, so oh, yeah, okay. there's no compromise. I've been to places where it's just a universal bathroom, and I remember asking them, "Well, do you have a, a secondary bathroom that I can use?" And they said, oh, well, you can use the accessible, the handicapped bathroom. And I was like, so now I have to take away that? And I was like, no, like, that's my option. And then, you know, even with my federation, not once have they asked the women what we want. It's just yeah. like, okay, deal with it. It's happening. You know, at least do some type of survey or some type of, you know, ask us what we want. And for the longest time, my letters to my federation were ignored. Until I found Linda Blade and, and Marcy Smith, who helped me, right? So, but I was ignored for about two years. Yeah. So. Can I ask the, the people in charge of these federations, are, are these men or women? Or is it a The so majority are, are men. Okay. And they are also um, volunteers. So with the, the Canadian Powerlifting Union, you basically have to volunteer to be either the president, uh, vice president, you have a treasurer. Uh, all the different positions, but they are all volunteer based and majority are held by by men. Yes. Okay. Um, have any of your fellow um, athletes or competitors taken taken a public stand in the way that you have? No, I'm actually the only Canadian athlete ever to come forward about anything in, uh, in any sport. I'm the only Canadian. Yes. No one else in all in, in every sport that exists. Yeah, I'm the only Canadian currently. I do believe there's um, a couple Americans. I know. Oh, well, actually, Riley Gaines. You must know Riley mm-hmm. Gaines. Mm-hmm. Her and I become friends because of her um, speaking out. Amelia Strictor. She's an, a shot a, a shot put athlete in in Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really name a bunch of women that are actually coming forward, like athletes. Taylor Taylor Silverman. If Taylor Silverman, uh, Bethany Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so in Canada, I'm the only one that's been going coming forward. Because, but you know what? The funny part is, I have so much support behind the scenes. I have so many people, like especially after I went on Tucker. Obviously, my phone uh, blew up, but people are like. Thank you for saving sports. My, I have a five-year-old um, daughter. Um, thank you. Like, people sharing their personal stories about how they have daughters in sports and that, like, you know, this is saving women's sports. And I was like, great, but use your voice. Get out there. Say something. But everyone's so afraid to be silenced or canceled. So, I mean, and I was going to tell you earlier, I haven't had any negative messages. Like, people probably think I get hate messages all day long. I haven't gotten maybe three from trolls. It's been it's been quite amazing the support. Like there's way more people supporting this than what it seems. I mean, because yeah. 
everyone's behind me and they're kind of like secretly <laughs> supporting me, you know? Yeah. I, I've dealt with this on various issues. So, I mean, I've, I've been public for, I mean, I'm a rapper. I mean, since yeah. mid, you know, since 2006, I've been putting myself out there, but since 2018 in particular, um, I've been lending my voice to way more of the, you know, social, cultural, political conversations. And I, I've gosh, thousands and thousands and thousands upon messages it, it does, with so many different subjects as well, right? Whether we had the whole lockdowns and pandemic situation or, you know, prior to that, there was Brexit and there was Trump. And then there's this whole issue that we're discussing here. And I just speak my mind on all of it. And I've been speaking my mind on all of it for the past five years. And I have a, I have a mixed perspective on the phenomenon you're just describing. At the beginning, um, I used to find it, you know, when people told me that, hey, you know, you're, you're very courageous or you're brave or, you know, thank you for speaking out or doing this. Like, I agree with you, but, you know, I won't publicly say it. I, um, you know, initially I liked it and found it quite flattering. But now it annoys me more than I find it flattering because I'm like, look, if you, if you remain silent on this type of thing, then it's as good as being complicit. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, it, it ends up being the same, right? Like you can't just rely on, I call it outsourcing courage. You can't just rely on a very small handful of people. You literally named across, across what, five different Anglosphere countries. You can't even name 10 women, 10, 10, sorry, 10, you can name 10 women, 10 female athletes. You can't name 10 women athletes who are willing to speak up on this. And I'm like, that's a problem. People can c cut it how they want. They can frame it how they want. They can use whatever. But I'm like, that is cowardice. That that is cowardice, right? I mean, I don't have a dog in the fight of female sports. <laughs> this this whole issue doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me at all, right? Not directly. But it's so wrong. It's clearly wrong. It's clearly unfair. It's clearly illogical. So I will say no. Like this is not this is not right. This is not fair. It's not fair to girls. This is not fair to women. Everybody knows it. So. You know what's everyone so afraid of right you're not going to get you know you're not going to get we're not i'm not asking someone to you know rush <laughs> rush the beaches of normandy on deep right and be facing you know bullets and grid it's like just use your voice just say just take a stand and say hey speak to your, your federation your college your your universe whatever just just say look no this is this is not right this is not fair and we need to we need to draw a line Right. Here's here's the reasons. It's been explained a billion times over the last many years. This this is this is the line, um, and people still won't do it. And as a result, it you know it it's going to keep on going until people are willing to just say, okay, enough. No, this is not this is not fair. If that hurts ten people's feelings, okay, right. I don't see why fifty percent of the entire human population should have to completely sacrifice all of this stuff because of not even one percent of the population right mm -hmm. and even out of the people out even most people m most people who identify as as trans or whatever a lot of them think it's goofy too yeah exactly right? they're, they're 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 not <laughs> it's not even like oh everyone in the you know they try to frame it like you know every firstly the lgbtq community it's not a community right the lgb like t like the T's taken over everything. It's not even connected exactly. to LGBT, but they're making it sound like it's this monolith and like all of these people are pushing. I'm like, that's not even, even that's not true. 
right? It's not, it's not even true. It's not even that everyone on the left even is pushing this or everyone. It's just a very, very small number of people who have managed to put the fear of God <laughs> into so many other millions of people that they think that they, they can't speak on this or they're so afraid to say the wrong thing. Um, and I don't know, I, I, after a while, it becomes frustrating because you can't just be the only person putting your head above the parapet and being the one facing all the slings and arrows while everyone else is kind of hiding behind and saying, yeah, I support you. You know, it's like if I if I get jumped and, you know, my friends go and hide behind a sofa and like, yeah, you go fight Zuby like you cheer. I'm like, yeah, thanks, guys. Like, thanks for having yeah. me back, you know. <laughs> well, it's funny. That's why, like, when and like going on this topic, that's why, like, say, Abby Silverberg doing what he did. It actually kind of let me go, oh, OK, now I can kind of breathe a little bit because I mm. felt like everyone's kind of so focused on me. And again, like I said, well, because everyone's being anonymous behind the scenes, everyone's like a keyboard hero. But then you have Abby, you know, that can, you, that. can you explain like, that? Can you explain that situation for people who are listeners, but they're not familiar? Oh, so <laughs> I can't like I wasn't there actually at the actual competition. Um, but Abby Silverberg, he's um, an amazing powerlifter. He's an ex team Canada coach. I've heard nothing but um, great things about the guy. And, uh, yeah, he basically competed in the Women's Open 84-plus category. I think it was bench only. I don't think he did the three lift. I think it was just bench only. Just kind of identified as a female. I can't speak, I can't speak <laughs> for him. If, like, I, I wasn't there, so I don't really want to say what, like, if he had a driver's license. I, I don't mm. know. But, I mean... It's no different than like what you did. He probably just went in, yeah. identified as a female, and crushed the um, women's bench record by like a hundred pounds, <laughs> which was just kind of did it so casually too. Like yeah. he had way more in the tank, and basically took the record away from um, a trans athlete, a biological male, oh, wow. who I was talking about earlier, right? Um, he holds all the records for Alberta. So he basically took that record away from a trans identifying athlete. So, and then that's it. And you know what? He has refused uh, media. He doesn't want interviews. He basically, that's it. I mean, he just strolled in and did that. And, <laughs> and all the women are like, thank you. Yeah. Not that we, it, so it's kind of like, um, it's a mixed emotion thing. We're very happy that he did that because he was kind of like he's obviously supporting us right because but at the same time we're kind of like well why did it have to get to this point why was our federation not listening to us and hearing our voices about how weak our transgender policy is yes. now i have heard that they i mean weeks prior to abby actually doing that they, they were amending the policy i have no idea what they're amending it to but um I do know the International Powerlifting Federation. Um, I've spoken to the president numerous times on this, and they did amend the the policy. It's a little bit more strict. It's um, a testosterone monitoring, like throughout yeah. a period of time. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real here, April. <laughs> there can't be a compromise on this. Yeah, it, it, it's that's not that's not enough. It's not enough. It's not it's yeah. not enough. They need to just draw the line there there are times where 
like I'm big on compromise in general. Like I understand compromising, but there are just certain things where it's like you can't you can't compromise on this. It's just look, if you're there's a female category and there's an open category. That's mm -hmm. it. And, I, and I totally agree. And that, I, that, I that's it. Yeah. Like it's, Yeah, it, it's not complex. It's not it's not excluding anybody. You've got an right. open category. Even if even if a woman wanted to go try to compete against the men, you you can. Why not? Right? Um, I think if someone weighs 65 kilos and they want to compete in the 84 plus category or whatever the top one, cool, like, go ahead. Why not have an open category at the top? And if you've got a lighter athlete who can compete with, you know, bigger people, go ahead. But you can't have someone, I mean, it, it's even more amazing in a sport that already has weight classes, right? So you, they've already, you've already clearly got the concept of, okay, it's not fair to have a dude who weighs 250 pounds powerlifting against another dude who weighs 160 pounds, right? You have to split this up. Same with boxing, same with MMA, so on. And so it's so ludicrous that then when it comes to the sexes themselves, which are like more important and more, way more binary, right? Mm. Uh, weight, weight is a sliding scale. Weight, weight is very uh, changeable. Weight is actually a spectrum, right? By definition, weight is a spectrum and you can go up and you can go down and so on. Um, but with this one that's just so fundamental, I mean, the idea that even, you know, a, a man who then, even if they suppress their home, a man suppresses his hormones, suppresses his testosterone for six months or one year or even two years, whatever it is, it's like you still, you, you've, you've gone through, you're, you're still a male. You've got a male frame. You've got a male skeleton. You've still got, uh, you know, all the advantage. You've got bigger lung capacity. You've got bigger, you've got bigger bones. You've you've still got more testosterone coursing through your veins, even if you've, you know, brought it down and you, there, there can never be an equal footing. It's just, it's, it's just so absurd. Yeah. There's, there's many men that could lower, um, one of my friends, he's a, a well-known like bodybuilder. And he's like, when he goes off of HRT, he's like, Oh, my, my testosterone levels are below 2.4. So, and I, like, I, I bring this up all the time. <laughs> I was like, so the individual in my federation, he's uh, almost 40 years old. He's six foot and 250 pounds. I'm on the lower end of my scale. So like I'm about 220, right? But it's the same thing when you talk about weight classes, like I'm 220. Whenever I compete against someone that's 250 or above, like there's people that are 300 pounds. I get annihilated. I just get like <laughs> killed, right? But, you know, and I have competed in the open against the 20 something year olds because I can, right? Because um, I'm that competitive. But as far as like the testosterone levels, honestly, trust me, I've had this conversation with the IPF, the, the Federation. And I was like, what about the physiological advantages? Like, yeah. you cannot deny that. It's just, you know, whether it's like even men have more phosphorus fibers, like, you know, VO2 max, the lung capacity, we all, the list goes on. But what, you know, I think right now they'll probably adhere to that policy, but I think they will be changing it. We're quite positive as things move on and more and more bans are happening throughout the world that they're going to have to reevaluate it. And they're going to probably, I mean, let's hope, fingers crossed, that they actually do make an open category, which there is. And then yeah. just, but the thing is, the other side, you know, the trans-identifying athletes feel like they're outed if they mm. if they lift in a separate category. They don't like that because it's outing them. So you know, it's there's always something, right? They're just not happy with when. That's okay. Honestly, 
you can't always be happy. How you can't always be, be happy, happy? But how's it competing <laughs> against women? Like you, you, you can't always be happy, right? Like this in, inclusivity has a place, right? Inclusivity doesn't mean that I can should just be able to use a women's a women's exactly. changing room. Like that's not <laughs> inclusivity. Doesn't mean that you know you have to you have to date or marry everybody who wants to date or marry you, right? There's there's a time for inclusivity and there's a time for exclusivity, exactly. right? Yeah. It's not again. It's common sensical. I wonder what the what do you the, the people who are running these federations not even just the powerlifting but in in other sports where they're allowing this to happen i don't know if you have any insight on this but what what do you think they are afraid of why do you think they're afraid of just saying no okay like wh why what is it that they fear honestly i think it's such still a new topic right now um with transgenders coming out that people don't know how to handle it um i think obviously they're afraid of lawsuits Definitely, you see what's happening in the states, right? With the uh, U.S. powerlifting uh, banned transgenders. Well, a transgender individual took them to court, a civil suit, and they won. Mm -hmm. Now it's being appealed, which they should, and uh, it's, they're taking it to Supreme Court, which hopefully they look at the science and the facts instead of just going on feelings, right? So that was a big mistake. So. Um, but no, I, I believe they're afraid of lawsuits and mm. um, offending. And let, let's keep in mind, um, you know, we see it all over the news right now. Um, you know, the, the activists, they're, they're pretty loud. And if you want to talk about violence, like just look around yeah. at the air horns, the, the violence. We see what happened to um, in, in New Zealand with the, the female activists, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, I just couldn't believe that. Like that's the yeah. stuff that's going on, and people are afraid. It, it's it's remarkable because this would not be tolerated if any other group of activists behaved in this way. Exactly. There's a lot of people. There's there's people who are activists for all sorts of causes, and if if people started using straight up violence and intimidation tactics to you know get their way and just terror it, it, that's terrorism right like you, using intimidation and threats exactly. to push your political point i mean um but somehow in this one they're pushed as being you know the good guys and anyone who questions this or challenges it is is the bad guys i i do i don't know where where do you think this is gonna where do you think this is gonna go where do you think we, we talked about how you know where we were four or five years ago four or five years from now uh, let's say 2027, 20, 2028, where do you think, do you think this is still going to be a battleground? Do you think that people are going to acquiesce in one direction? What do you think is going to happen? Because the truth is, if it goes in one way, then give it another decade and female sports are gone. Exactly. So I, I totally agree with that statement. And that's why, you know, if I wasn't even powerlifting, if I wasn't into sports, I would still be fighting for fairness. Um, you know, my federation kicked me out. It's not going to get rid of me. I'm still going to keep fighting for women, right? I have nieces, you know, five years old that will be playing sports. So um, to be honest, Zubi, I, I actually am very positive about the future. I do believe as we see more bans happening, they just started trickling out there. I think there's going to be more and more. And I do believe that, you know, the, the, the science and the common sense is going to prevail. I really do. And I do think that, you know, I know I'll keep fighting for fairness. I mean, I know many other women will. I mean, I think the tides, I, I say this expression all the time, the, the tides are turning basically, right? Mm -hmm. I see a, a positive change. 
we just have to hold tight and keep fighting though. You know, we can't, and I say it to all the women out there or even men, you have a voice, use it because yes. that's how things are going to change. Absolutely. And, and the people pushing the craziest ideas in our society are not afraid to use their voices. So yeah. if your voice is sane and rational, then you absolutely should not be, you should be at least, you should be at least as loud. I think that's what we need. We need sane exactly. people, sane people to be yeah. at least as loud as the least reasonable and least sane people. And then, then you'd really see what the numbers are like as well. Exactly. Yeah. April, I admire you. Congratulations on, um, your lifts and your records. What are, what are your, uh, what are your top lifts in each of the three actually? So my top lift for, for deadlift is 510. Awesome. Um, my highest squat is 420 and my bench is 210. Um, nice. I do hold right now the North American deadlift record for my age and weight class. And I also hold the overall total for North Americans. Amazing. And we'll see. I just applied for Team Canada again for the North Americans coming up in Grand Cayman Islands in August. Mm -hmm. So fingers crossed I get chosen. That would <laughs> so, be awesome. Yeah. Other awesome. than that, I'm just training. So Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Keep on fighting for reality and uh, everything that comes with it. And uh, yeah, I admire your courage and I hope it encourages more people, especially more uh, women, especially more female and, and male athletes as well. Everyone needs everyone. Everyone stop being a coward. Uh, speak the truth, exactly. stand up, have a backbone. And, um, you know, especially if you have daughters and, you know, children who are going to grow up into this crazy world, um, it's even more important that you need to speak up. Yeah. Well, we, we all say on behalf of the women's groups too, we love you, Zuby. And oh, we, thank you. <laughs> no, we, we thank you for support. You know, it's great when women come on board, but when men are such as, you know, passionate about this as you are, it really means truly the whole world to us. And we thank you for, for standing up for fairness. Honored. We're just doing what I can. Yeah. I appreciate you, April. Thanks for coming on. Talk thank to you Thank you, Zuby. Take care. Sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, click and I bang. Y'all gon' remember the name. Y'all gon' remember the name. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.